of the same, the Lord's name be praised. Friends, welcome to worship at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, no matter who you are or where you are on your journey of faith, you are welcome here. You are welcome home here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. We are delighted you have chosen to worship with us this day, whether here in our sanctuary or joining us from home. If you are present in the sanctuary, there is that familiar red folder in your pew. We would ask that you fill it out and note your presence with us. That is important for us especially to do in these days. I want to draw your attention to two announcements on your bulletin reminding you that our youth in mission trip departs for West Virginia one week from today. And so we encourage you in the ways encourage you to consider the ways that you will support them and pray for them during their time away. Several options can be found in your bulletin, and we very much look forward to hearing about their journey and their week of service as they lead us in worship on July 18th. Today, you may notice for the first time in a long time, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper together in worship. If you are joining us at home, I invite you to Get a piece of bread, any bread will do, so you can be ready to break bread with us and partake of the feast that Christ has prepared. Beloved church, what a gift it is to worship. Every time we gather as God's people, what a privilege to be a part of God's church, to be a part of God's work in this world, especially today. Let us worship God together. Good morning. Please rise in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. We will bless our God at all times. I will praise the Holy One with my voice. Let us exalt God's name together. We are seeking and God will answer us. We cry out for help and God will deliver us. God will deliver us from our fears. God will hear us and save us. So come now, let us worship together. Let us taste and see that our God is good. You may be seated. In spite of God's great love for us, 
we often act in hurtful and selfish ways. We close our hearts to God and we disobey God's will. People of faith, let us acknowledge who we are and ask our gracious God to forgive us. This morning, our prayer of confession will be in the form of a call and response. Please join me in your responsive uh, prayer of confession as it is found in your worship bulletin. Blessed are we when we let go of possessions, for the kingdom of God unfolds in open places. Woe to us when we gather into barns, for soon this life will be over. Blessed are we who know the ache of hunger, for the empty places in body and soul are the fertile soil for new growth. Woe to us who have yet to know the pain of grief, for the fullness of love is woven with sorrow. Blessed are we who know scorn, for the rejection of humans keeps us mindful of that beyond. Woe to us who depend on the approval of others, for to dance with the spirit appears foolish. Blessed are we who live in the harmony of life in the spirit, for we will recognize abundance. Blessed are we who sit at the throne of God's grace. Lord, in your mercy, forgive us. Beloved Church, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Be assured that God's grace is greater than anything we could ever hope or imagine. And so let us rejoice together and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri. Catherine Thomas is going to lead us this morning. Please join her as we sing together. Christ be with you. And I would invite you to share that peace in the way we've been learning in American Sign Language. The peace of Christ be with you. Once again, the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Turn, face one another, share signs of peace with one another. the peace of Christ.
friends here today. If so, please feel free to come on up and join me. you all and give you gratitude for the fact that you are wearing your masks because this, my friends, is one of the reasons we are doing that. And so thank you for your graciousness and patience in that way. We're delighted that Isla can join us today. We have to come all the way up today, though, because of this, because we're doing a lot today. Welcome, my name's Miss Caroline, and I'll be teaching you a little bit today about blessings, and I'll also be speaking to our friends at home. This might be a little bit above your, uh, your level, but hang in there. All right, so blessings means God's favor or protection or love, and when I think about being blessed, the first thing that comes to mind are what the world tells us a blessed person is. Someone who has a lot of money, someone who maybe has a nice car or a fancy house. So what do you at home think that a blessed person might be? So we all know that Jesus likes to surprise us with his teachings, and there is a lesson in the Bible called the Beatitudes. Let's all say it together, the Beatitudes, and which literally means supreme blessedness, or oodles and oodles of blessings. And in this lesson, Jesus may surprise each of us with who he says is blessed. So after traveling all over the world, God was, Jesus was teaching about God's good news and healing the sick, and a lot of people started talking about Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Is he magic, they might have said. Crowds were gathering to hear Jesus preach, just like the crowds are here to hear Pastor Rachel preach on the 4th of July. And this is what Jesus said. So I have some pictures here. This is a picture of a boy who is huddled. And this is a picture that I chose to show poor in spirit, someone needing God, someone needing to feel God's love. Can the uh, congregation participate with me? Raise your hand if you have ever felt poor in spirit. Jesus said, you are blessed and you are loved. Here's another picture that's a little hard to look at. It's a little girl who's a little sad. This is a picture for mourning. She has lost something. She is sad. Raise your hand if you've ever been mourning. Jesus says to all you that you are blessed and you are loved. There's a picture of a little girl who's a little quiet. She's a little shy. All the other kids are playing on the other side of the playground. She is meek. And raise your hand if you've ever been meek. Yeah, yeah not you, though. <laughs> Jesus said, you are blessed. You are loved. Here is a picture of some children reading the Bible. They are searching for righteousness. They are wanting to know what is right and do what is right. Raise your hand if you've ever wanted to know what is right and do what is right. 
Jesus said, you are blessed and you are loved. This is a cool one. This is a picture of a four-year-old who made the news. He dresses up as a superhero and feeds the homeless once a week. This is a picture I chose for merciful. He's showing forgiveness, showing love, and showing acceptance. Raise your hand if you've ever been merciful. Jesus said, you are blessed and you are loved. Just a few more. This is a long Bible verse. Uh, This is a cloud, a white cloud. I picked this picture for pure heart, a person who is without mean intentions. Now, this is a harder one to admit to, but raise your hand if you've ever had a pure heart. Well, Jesus said that you are blessed and you are loved too, even though that's hard to admit good things about ourselves sometimes. This little girl is going, shh. This is a peacemaker, someone who helps people to get along, the opposite of a troublemaker. Raise your hand if you've ever helped to keep the peace. Jesus said, you are blessed and you are loved. And finally, this is a picture of a little girl who's being picked on. And this is the photo that I picked for persecuted, for righteousness, picked on for what you believe, kicked out of a friend group, or made to feel like you do not belong. Raise your hand if you've ever been picked on. Jesus said, you are blessed and you are loved. Now remember that all the ways that Jesus taught us about the oodles and oodles of blessings, we can be that blessing to others. We can be Jesus's hands and feet in the world, giving blessings. So please pray, repeat after me. Dear God, Dear God, thank you for, thank you for oodles and oodles of blessings. Oodles and oodles of blessings. Thank you for, thank you for loving me when I am sad. Loving me when I am sad and when I am happy. And when I am happy. When I am shy. When I am shy. And when I'm not. And when I'm not. When I make peace. When I make peace. And when I make trouble. And when I make trouble. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Isla. Will you pray with me? Living God, you spoke in the beginning and all things came to be. You spoke and your word came to live with us, full of grace and truth. As your word is spoken this morning, open our ears to hear it, soften our hearts to hold it, and bless our hands to serve you with our whole selves. In your name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Listen to these familiar words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Melt us, mold us, fill us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. And to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, perhaps like me, you have seen your fair share of scriptural or biblically-based home decor over the years. Perhaps you even have some in your own home, in family rooms, kitchens, sometimes even bathrooms. Uh, you may stumble upon words of scripture, lovingly painted or cross-stitched and hanging on the wall. Popular options that I've seen many times are the Lord's Prayer, or with God all things are possible. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let all that you do be done in love, just to name a few. And yet today's passage, the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, as familiar as these verses may be, as poetic as they may be, I have only ever seen them hanging on the wall of someone's home one time. I'm sure someone in here will remind me it's in their home also today. But the one time I have seen them it was a number of years ago. And they were actually part of a much larger collage on a wall. I want you to imagine this. You've been to a home like this. There's a collage of art pieces on a wall. And every part of this collage in this home had something to do with the word bless or, or blessed, blessed or blessing. Within this curated collage on the wall, there were framed art prints, hand-painted signs, hand-stitched works of art, all with a different message of blessedness or blessing. To name a few, there were thankful, grateful, blessed, God bless America. Too blessed to be stressed. Bless this mess. 
just another blessed day where every hour is happy. You can laugh at that one too. Blessed, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Bless this home, blessed beyond measure. Blessed are those who do my dishes. You get the picture. It was an entire wall full of the word blessed or blessing. And in the very center of it, you couldn't miss it. There was a garish, neon-colored rendering of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Apart from the garish, neon-colored Beatitudes, right in the center, it was a beautifully curated wall in a lovely home full of blessings. A loving family, stable jobs, food on the table, laughter and love shared in abundance. But as I'm sure this wall was prone to do, it got me thinking a lot about the words blessed and blessing and the way we use them versus the way Jesus used them right in the center of this wall. Among this wall of blessedness and blessing, I found myself asking, do the Beatitudes really fit here? The neon colors aside that made them stand out, did they have a home among the blessings and blessedness that were curated all around them? The types of blessings and blessedness that we curate in our homes, our lives, our world today. When asked about the Beatitudes, Charles James Cook put it well when he said, Whenever we hear the Beatitudes, we are struck with their poetic beauty, and at the same time overwhelmed by their perceived impracticality for the world in which we live. To be poor in spirit, peaceful, merciful, and meek will get you nowhere in a culture grounded in competition and fear. Or put another way by writer Kurt Vonnegut, for some reason the most vocal Christians among us never mention the Beatitudes, but often with tears in their eyes they demand the Ten Commandments or the Lord's Prayer be posted in public buildings. I haven't heard one of them demand the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, be posted anywhere. Blessed are the merciful in a courtroom. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Pentagon. Give me a break. And his point is well taken. Because I imagine that in the same way, these blessings seem impractical or impossible in our world today. They seemed similarly impractical and impossible in Jesus' time. So much so that for the people listening to Jesus on the mountain that day, hearing him describe the poor in spirit, those who suffer and mourn as being blessed, I mean, it felt as if the world was turning upside down. In other words, for you Monty Python fans, as ridiculous as blessed are the cheesemakers sounded, it may have felt far more reasonable than blessed are the peacemakers. Because what Jesus is saying defies the logic 
that guides so much in our world. And his teachings in this sermon go against the hopes that many had that he would be a new kind of king. One who would restore the fortunes and freedom and power and majesty of Israel. But that isn't who Jesus was. And so rather than these nine blessings giving us what, what we want, blessing the things the world lifts up, instead they give us a glimpse of the kingdom of God. A kingdom that does not belong to the wealthy and successful and those with 2.5 kids and a white picket fence, but to those who have nothing but God in which to place their hope and their trust. To be blessed is not to have material comfort. It is not to have wealth or a life free of suffering. It is not to have a supportive and loving family. This is not what Jesus means. To be blessed according to Jesus. To be blessed is to have an intimate connection and encounter with the living God. Because you can't enrich your own spirit or solve your own pit of grief. You can't create your own righteousness. You need God. You need God's mercy. You need God's grace. You need God's care and God's unceasing love. And no one knows this better than the people whom Jesus calls blessed. It's a far cry, a far cry from the way we talk about blessings today. A far cry from the picture-perfect Christmas cards we send out with the heading blessed. A far cry from the blessing we announce to one another when we say, you're so blessed Bless this mess, too blessed to be stressed. God bless America. God bless America. Blessed is America. On this birthday of our country, it's made me think a lot about what we mean when we say these words, God bless America. Because when we say these words, when we ask for a blessing, or perhaps more accurately insist upon a blessing for a country that we love, we typically want the world's idea of blessing. We want prosperity and wealth. We even a little bit deserve these things, God, so bring us blessing the way we want it, the way our country our culture defines it. Wrapped up in power, wrapped up in control and majesty and might. God bless America. But I've been curious what it would look like. Just play with me here for a second. I, I'm, I'm curious what it would look like if we sought that blessing for our country in the way Jesus intended it. 
What if we desired God's blessing for America because as Americans, we recognized our desperate need for God's mercy and God's grace? What if America had such an intimate connection and encounter with the living God that America knew not to depend on anything or anyone else but that living God? I realize this sounds like a pastor's pipe dream on the 4th of July. A pie-in-the-sky ideal of what our life in this country could be. But one place, one place, just one, to start imagining a different kind of blessing is with the hymn we're going to sing in just a little bit. Some people actually believe this hymn, the one we will sing, you're looking in your bulletins, we're going to sing, Oh Beautiful for Spacious Skies, which is also known as America the Beautiful. Some people believe this should be our national anthem rather than the Star-Spangled Banner. Stay with me, because unlike, unlike the Star-Spangled Banner, this hymn, with lyrics written by Catherine Lee Bates, this hymn recognizes the need for God's grace. It recognizes our flaws and the need for God's mercy. As, and as Eric Westervelt put it, if the Star-Spangled Banner boldly proclaims the country's greatness as fact, America the Beautiful is more aspirational. Bates, in her lyrics, is not asking whether the flag has survived an artillery strike. Rather, this young poet is asking if the nation, and perhaps the world, can ever live up to its high ideals. In many ways, it's a hymn of repentance and possibility. God, mend thine every flaw, the second verse sings. When America was founded, it was founded on ideals of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. It was founded on a vision of equality and justice for all, and yet in numerous ways, in numerous ways, for numerous people, our country has failed to live out these ideals and this vision we see it in the inequality in our country, the racism in our country, signs that as a nation we may have these ideals, we may hope for them and want them, but there is still so much work to be done. God, mend thine every flaw. Flaws can't be mended unless there is something worth repairing and improving unless we can admit that there is something worth reconciling and restoring, no mending is needed. As Christians, the hope is this should come naturally to us. After all, we are a people who confess our sins every week when we gather to worship. God mend our every flaw. It is a cry we are used to uttering every week. 
But God mend our every flaw is not one we are often used to uttering on behalf of our country. Because it makes us feel weak. It makes us feel vulnerable. It makes us feel as if we might not be as strong or as powerful as we like or as the world demands. It just might make us feel like we need mercy or we need grace. And I think that was the point. When Jesus shares with the crowd who it is that will be blessed in the kingdom of God, it is those who society has deemed weak and vulnerable, those who have been ostracized or pushed to the margins of society, those who have nowhere else to turn but to the living God. In many ways, I believe our country began with this idea of blessing in the way Jesus intended. You need only Google the morning and evening prayers of George Washington to see that daily repentance and utter reliance on God were woven into all that he did. But perhaps even more closely aligned to that blessing of Jesus are the words found on one of the greatest symbols of freedom in this country. Since 1886, Lady Liberty, or the Statue of Liberty, has watched over New York Harbor. And on her base is a tablet inscribed with words penned by Emma Lazarus in 1883. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, Tempest tossed to me, I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Put another way, blessed are the poor, for they will be safe here. Blessed are the tired, for here they will find rest. Blessed are the huddled masses, for within my embrace they will find refuge. Blessed are the homeless and tempest-tossed, for here they will find relief from every storm. Perhaps, perhaps the blessing Jesus intended has indeed been written in the heart of this country since its founding. And perhaps part of our call is to help us return to it. God, may we seek in all that we do to be an America that you can call blessed. Amen.
please turn to your bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, it has been a while since you've sung in this sacred space, many of you, and if it has been a while, you are not alone. We are delighted to sing again and grateful for the leadership of Catherine Thomas today as we do so. But as you sing this hymn today, I invite you to consider the words more deeply than perhaps you ever have, seeking in all that we do to turn to God as the author and perfecter of our faith. May we seek to be an America that God can always call blessed. Let us stand and sing.
You may be seated. Friends, we gather around the Lord's table this day. It is not my table or a table that belongs to this country or even this church. It is the Lord's table alone. And it is not a table where reservations are needed or where seats of honor and prestige are enjoyed or where anyone is denied a place. In fact, this is a table that Jesus would leave in order to seek out anyone who had no place. This is a table that Jesus would abandon if there were placeholders being assigned. This is a table that Jesus would not hesitate to turn over if it was being corrupted by the hatred and injustice of this world. This is a table where Jesus says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Bring here the meek and the mourning and the poor in spirit, and here I will give them the bread of life. Because this is the Lord's table alone. And our Savior invites all those who trust in him to partake of the feast that he has prepared. The Lord be with you. And, and also, also with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift, we lift them, them up, up to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It, it is, is right, right to, to give our, our thanks and praise. praise. Loving God, it is our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise. For with the majesty of your hand, you shaped this world and all that is in it. By your Holy Spirit, you breathed life into human form and set us on the earth to praise and serve you. When we wandered from your ways and were lost in sin's wilderness, your truth burned in the hearts of prophets who called your people to return to the path of righteousness. At Easter, through your Son, Jesus Christ, the Christ, you were glorified. At Pentecost, through your Holy Spirit, you set the early church on fire and led the disciples into the world to preach your word. And on this day, you remind us once again of your love that sustains us in this meal and empowers us to go out into the world to serve you alone. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. Lead us this day by the power of your Spirit to live as love commands and give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when with the redeemed of all the ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church, now and forever. And as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took a loaf of bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, for this is my body, and it is broken for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, And said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do so remembering me. For friends, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Friends, today we will receive the Lord's Supper similarly to the way that we receive intinction. You will be invited to come way, come forward by way of the center aisle, and you will be handed a small chalice. On the bottom is a wafer to symbolize the body of Christ that is broken for you. And on the top, there is a small cup of juice, the blood of Christ shed for you, I'm going to encourage you to keep the cup up in your pew. We invite you to receive the cup, and there are gluten-free cups available at the front. And once you receive it, we invite you to return by way of the, hold on to it, return by way of the side aisle to your seat, where you can briefly remove your mask and partake of the elements, and then put your mask back on. It's a little different. We've never done it this way before, and yet we've gotten really good at that this year. And what a joy it is to return to the table of our Lord. And so come, you who have much faith. Come, you who would like to have more. Come, you who have been to this table often, but come, you especially who have not been in a very long time. Come you who have tried to follow Jesus. Come you who have failed. Come, friends, for the table is ready. And the gifts of God are for the people of God. If you are unable to come forward, you can wave Caroline down and she would be happy to serve you in your pew. Friends, let us feast at the table of our Lord.
Let us pray. God of grace, your Son, Jesus Christ, left us this holy meal of bread and wine in which we share his body and blood. May we who have celebrated this sign of his great love show in our lives the fruits of his redemption, sharing the great love of God with all people to the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Friends, as we go out from this place, renewed and strengthened by the feast of our Lord, may we do so mindful that God calls us to be a people, to be a country, to be those whom God calls blessed. There is much work to be done, and yet God has called us to go and to serve and to love. And so as we go and as we do that, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.